You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series, movie, or audio and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm John. And tonight we're looking at Battlestar Galactic Season 2, Episode 6, Spaceballs. No. Spaceball. Yeah. Uh, glo- uh, wait. No, wait. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, space. Spaceball. Baseball. Singular. Baseball. Episode synopsis. Troy and Dylan leave the kids with Jamie when they're called away for an important missing from Adama, relayed to them by Lieutenant Nash. They are to take a special Viper into space, reach certain coordinates, and then play the top-secret encoded message. They tell Nash how to contact Jamie and head off. Colonel Seidel has been rounded. His attempts to locate UFOs have been for naught. And then he hits upon the idea of tracking down Jamie again because he'd forgotten about her, and he desperately wants to pick up a lead. He also heads out to find her. Jamie has taken the kids to her place of employment, the UBC, where, sh- while she attends a staff meeting, the precocious children, led by Wellington, disassemble an $80,000 television camera to teach the younger kids about its workings. This freaks out one of the camera techs, but luckily they put it back together before any real harm occurs. Jamie gets wind of a story about a baseball camp for kids and gets the assignment, planning to take the kids to keep them busy. It turns out Nash wasn't Nash, it was Xavier. And this was a trap to dispose of Troy and Dylan and kidnap the kids. Trapped in space with limited air, things are looking bad for the tepid duo. While the Galactica kids initially know nothing about baseball, a quick read of the rules and they're ready to go play, albeit lamely because they have to hide their superpowers. Like any good charity organization, this ball camp run by former ball player Billy Ayers is just a hair's breadth away from bankruptcy. They plan to win the big final, which will bring in enough donations to keep their evil landlord at bay. And then the kids on his team come down with a flu. Financial ruin looms. Till Jamie gets an idea. Send in the Super Scouts as the team. Could just work. Then Colonel Seidel and Xavier, still in the guise of Lieutenant Nash, turn up. Xavier pretending to help, and Seidel hoping to catch the kids in the act of doing something extraterrestrial. Plans change again, and the kids have to play like complete muscular disasters to avoid detection by Seidel. The space scouts are taking a drubbing. Jamie learns that Nash is Xavier and is planning on taking the kids after the game. Plans change again! Go out there and use your superpowers to win. Then the crush of the press will keep both Seidel and Xavier at bay. Now the kids win, just in time for Troy and Dylan to return to Earth. Oh, did I forget to mention? They got out of the trap in the nick of time. Anyway, Troy and Dylan turn up, and they get into a gun battle with Xavier, and Seidel is hit in the crossfire. Xavier escapes, and all's well that ends well. The end. All right, uh, Space Scouts, before we carry on into Space Scouts, before I ask you, what you think of Space Scouts, and before I look at my watch and go, how are we going to make this last to the end <laughs> of a full-length episode? We'll talk I, very uh, slowly. Slowly, yes. I um, uh, say that, would it have been this episode uh, watched? Uh, I 
would have normally, as we did with Logan's run and Ultra Q said, you know something, let's double them up. Problem is, Galactic in 1980 has too darn many two-part episodes. And so the next one is a two-parter. So we didn't want to do three episodes. Um, that's a bit much. And uh, so we're doing this one by itself. And then uh, there'll be more singles after that. And then we'll be done. Mercifully done. So yes. um, Spaceball. 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 What did you think of Spaceball? I know you're a big sports fan. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I love sports. Yeah. Any type. Seeing baseball. Uh, especially on your, baseball. Uh, yeah. Baseball. Yes. Yeah. I feel I've learned so much about sportsing from the show. Um, yeah, this was, um, well, I'd say it was weak, but that kind of goes with the entire series. It's weak. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, it's just, just painful. If you can think of some gag with, uh, with, with, by playing baseball and you've got superpower, uh, yeah. they pretty much threw it in there. I mean, we had the, the baseball bat being broken by a pitch from a, Yep, six-year-old. Uh, we had yep. a ball that uh, was a ground ball. I know what one of those is, and it, it buried itself in the turf. Yep, yep. There was a uh, uh, a ball that was going to fly through wood, right through wood, right. Uh, one where the pitch Starless pitch ran out, and uh, uh, the 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 ball was going to leave the park. So a kid jumped twenty oh, yeah. feet in the air and caught it. That was great. Uh-huh. Kid running uh-huh. so fast that. Uh, uh, the outran the the ball being thrown to the base. Yeah, yeah pretty much. You you could think of it, and it's going to be there. Yeah, so if you like one of those, any of those, baseball, yeah. you'll love this episode. Yeah. So here's my question. Sure. When the kids are playing, as Wellington says, as complete muscular disasters, <laughs> which I, I think is great. a bit harsh. Not our fault. We grew up with proper gravity, uh, space freak. <laughs> <laughs> Like, to give a little sympathy there, people. You're the you're the. Well, at least they didn't go all zod on everybody and and start like, you know, leaping yet. tall buildings in the a single bound. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe the there was going to be an episode before. where they did do that. Who knows? Did Did we ever get to the point where Xavier realizes that he's zod, oh. with superpowers? You know, I wish. Yeah. No, I wish. Uh, so, but here's my question. So they, they play through the game through the first six innings. And, and by the way, the little league, uh, or, and I think this is technically little league, but that age baseball is seven innings, not nine. So they play through the first six innings of the game as complete muscular disasters. They are worthless. They can't catch. They can't hit. They can't pitch. They can't, right? I mean, the other team is absolutely slaughtering them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Except that when we get to the end of the six, the score is six to zero. Now, yeah, my baseball is not fantastic, but you have you can keep scoring in an inning as long as they don't get you out. So for them to yeah. have reached the sixth inning, our space team needed to get three outs and hold them down to only six runs. I would have thought that score would be ninety to zero. <laughs> In the first innings, <laughs> the way they were played, but it's right. not. It's like it's like it's six zero in the, the, the bottom of the six. I'm like, how? How did they keep them down to six runs? <clears throat> so the writers of this show, innings? so the writers of this episode 
Yeah, they didn't even know baseball. I mean, they clearly don't have too much of a grasp on science fiction. And so sports well, no. is completely beyond them as well. Finn, I don't want to say this, but this episode was impossible. <laughs> I oh, mean, do in, tell. In that stupid sort of way. In that stupid sort of way where the kids with superpowers. But, I mean, given all things going when you're... It's impossible for them to have gotten to 6-0 in the 6th. But, all right. <laughs> I Bye. And then they barely beat them. But it's Super Bowl afterwards. Yeah, they barely beat them in the 7th inning. How? Yeah. How did they not slaughter them? Right? I, I don't... I don't get it. But, there you go. It's... That's all I have on the baseball game. It's like... Yeah. I, I I was uh absolutely floored at the stupid oh our landlord's going to tear our baseball camp down if we don't make our payment and uh, it's like well you know oh. it, it, at, least, at least the landlord didn't come in and like try uh tying the uh tying Billy to the railroad tracks <clears throat> looks like somebody already did maybe but um <laughs> yeah you know, um it's an accident with a threshing machine I I I, I yeah, sure, landlords are evil. I get it. Like, we're all just out to make a buck and throw out orphans on the street at the first possible opportunity. But he's got a piece of property that's got a camp on it and ball hey. fields on it and all sorts <laughs> of things. You can't just be thinking that, yeah, I think the first thing I'm going to do is plow that under and build some apartments or something. It just Well, he's going to turn it into a toxic waste dump. That was all the rage in the 80s. Oh, that could be. That could yeah. be. It is out, seen in the, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. There you go. So, and then of course, you know, uh, we're gonna we're going under. We we don't have enough money to raise run the camp. But if we win the championship, we're gonna get some donations. That is not how that works. Yeah. That that is that is not how that works. That is not how a nonprofit gets donations. They find people who support their mission. They don't actually care if they win. Yeah, yeah, lose. it's yeah, they, yeah, they they <laughs> want to see the kids getting uh, something to do, staying off the streets, learning baseball, uh, getting fresh okay. air. That's that's what the donors care about. They do right. not care if they win. Sure, such, they'd like them to win, maybe, but you know that that's a bonus. Such, they want the kids uh, to have fun. Nuances, such nuances are lost on these writers. I'm afraid. <laughs> I didn't actually look to see who wrote it. I'm I'm afraid that it was Len Larson again, but I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Was it? Yep. Glenn, yeah. Glenn Larson and Glenn Jeff Arshelic and Frank Lupo. Frank Lupo. Okay, that's a name I know um, from television. That's a famous name in television. Um, I can't remember from where, but uh, I'm sure that- Greatest uh, American Hero? Oh, there we go. He obviously wasn't the head on that because he was, um, is it collaborated with Stephen J. Cannell? That was Greatest American oh, Hero. Yes. A-Team. A-Team. Okay. Renegade, Riptide, Black Guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 We can, we can spend our time on this podcast looking things up on Wikipedia just as well as anybody else. Yeah, um, it's a service to be fried. <laughs> we managed to kill an extra minute. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, the, we've, Let's follow it backwards to the TV studio. Okay. Wellington. Wellington. Ugh. What kind of space name is that? Yeah, Wellington. Where they put that one out? Yeah, Nash. Uh, what kind of Karen. name is that? A couple boots and, hey, let's name our our kid 
uh, not a space trooper, but space, super trooper. Yeah. Uh, space yeah. scout uh, Wellington. I mean, it'd be one thing yeah. if they were trying to come up with uh, fake Earth names, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm deeply know, it fits disappointed in, with in Moonstone their and Starla. Yeah, Moonstone and well. Starla. Yeah. Yeah. And Rocket Boy or whatever the other one was. Lancer. Lancer. Yeah, Lancer. <laughs> uh, Lancers, Wellington. I'm I'm sensing an 18th century vibe here. Could be. It's the only dictionary they had handy. Yeah. You have Xavier's history book. Open a book, page, and got that thing. They go to the studio. Wellington can read uh, about television, figures it all out, disassembles a camera. Right. And we're reliably told it's an $80,000 camera. It probably is. If, if the writers yeah. got one thing right, I would hope that they know how much a television camera costs. Yeah, that's probably something that they were told. Don't touch that. It costs more than you're worth. Yeah. 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 Um, once again, superpowers or not. Super. The problem is super intelligence. Are these kids super intelligent? Because I don't think so. Well, I think Wellington probably is a bit more... It's a little cross-pollinated with Dr. Z or something. Yeah, I think but, that probably happened, yes. Yeah. I think we had. The, I think we already had this discussion about how I, I find the whole the whole notion of, of some science fiction where they're like, uh, the kid's in fourth grade and he's, he's already learning algebra and calculus and stuff. And it's like, they're not smarter. It's, you know, I, I don't, I don't genuinely think they're supposed to be smarter. So therefore they would not develop faster and they would not, you know, maybe a little bit, but no, they just maybe better well, also, education techniques, but right. And, but and he, he could not disassemble that camera up. and put it back together in that length of time. Well, I mean, that's what makes it so incredible. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Maybe smart enough to tear it apart. Sure, I'm smart enough to tear it apart. I could tear apart an $80,000 camera. Give me a screwdriver. I could do it. <clears throat> Putting it back together, an entirely yeah. different process. Or, yeah. or putting it back together in 10 minutes or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, in just a, a relatively short amount of time. It's an insult to our intelligence is what it is. The show is an <laughs> insult. Well, I'm, I'm I, not going to see other, you wrong there. I, I, <laughs> I don't know any other way to describe this. It's just like, you just really, you're supposed to be appealing to kids, but you know, it's not funny and it's not credible. And yeah, it, the, the idea that this is supposed to be somewhat entertaining or, you know, or not entertaining, uh, educational really? yeah. is just, that Ludicrous. was like, you know, if we need to, to uh, rewrite three pages and put something educational in it. Okay, let's let's do this. Uh, they're in a TV studio. Okay, let's give them the basis of uh, how television kind of works. Okay, let's then do that. We're good. Boy, boy, barely. Boy, yeah. barely did they give the basic stuff. But here's my point. They're in a television studio with at least how many cameras? At least four. At least four cameras. I, I call that to your attention. And Wellington <laughs> is smart enough... And the group of kids are smart enough to take apart the camera and then put it all back together. They can't figure out where the number four goes on the camera. One of the kids might have been like chewing on it or something like that. Oh, it's got lead paint in it. 
<laughs> but we had this one piece left over and we couldn't figure out where it went. Yeah. So four. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's stop. It's I I guess the idea is it's supposed to be not functional to the function of the camera. That makes it sense. Could be. It's not part yeah. of the so therefore this seems like an extraneous part. But I hope they can count to four in in English. It's enough to have looked at the other cameras and go, Oh, it's a number. But no. Okay. <laughs> we have a new actor playing Xavier. Yep. And I think I've seen him someplace. Can't quite Wow, Jeremy <laughs> Brett in one of his his most commanding roles, Ugh. Xavier in the disguise of Nash, and also Nash at one point. Mm-hmm. Nash as I, Nash. I actually, I thought it was quite funny, and no joke. His acting as Nash, where I don't think he had a single word. I think he was standing next to Adama. First, he was standing next to Adama with his back to us. And mm-hmm. Troy and Dylan were reporting in and saying, yeah, we got your orders from Lieutenant Nash. And he goes, Nash? What? Nash is standing right here. And then he turns around to look at the camera and it's Jeremy Brett again. And then they're like, oh, we're trapped in the thing in power and yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, and Adama says to Nash, go on patrol. And Nash starts off. I don't think he says a single word as Nash. And yet his entire body language was completely different than... <laughs> him when he was playing Xavier he he was yeah he was nicer he was upright and and you know I but was attentive guy. and he right and he was he he was somebody in the military who was in the presence of a superior officer and carried himself thusly so yeah, yeah. and but when yeah. he was playing Xavier he was kind of unctuous yes Yes, he had a sort of underlying sinister that you're just like, really, seriously, you can't pick up that he's like, yes, he's, yes, I've been very eager to give you your orders. <laughs> That's like, okay. very good with children. Yeah, exactly. I love them. They're delicious. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He didn't say that, but I felt like he was going to say that when he said that <laughs> line. I have it written down here. I love children. They're delicious. It just... <laughs> I, 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 obviously he is, he is now, uh, dead and gone, but I bet he, he regretted that role for the entirety of his life. You know what? It probably didn't bother him very much because, well, it should have, well, uh, you know, it, it was such, um, uh, a a low quality, you know, this is never going to be a rerun, uh, series. (laughs) In a country that, well, he didn't primarily work here, so yeah, I don't yeah, think I it really bothered him. Yeah, maybe he was over here trying to make his fortune after. Uh, it might have been, yeah. What was he in? My Fair Lady. Oh, was it My Fair boy. Lady that he was the? No, that's Rex. Rex Harrison. Harrison. Yeah, she was in one of those. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to look it up. Uh, but for those who don't, didn't recognize the name Jeremy Brett. Right off the top of your hat. Some people, not me, but <laughs> some people consider him to be the definitive screen Sherlock Holmes. And I will yep. go so far as to say as this, he was exceptional. Oh, yes. Not as good as yep. Basil Rathbone. Nobody's as good no. as Basil Rathbone. That's the <laughs> hill I'll die on. <laughs> but he was he was he was damn good as Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And here he is before that. 
doing to save your dad. <laughs> uh, I love it. On on Jeremy Brett's Wikipedia page, there's no mention of Galactica 1980. <laughs> wow. <laughs> huh. Maybe you should edit it. Uh, no. <laughs> no. I might do that. You know, Wikipedia is meant to be accurate, and I think that... You know, if we yeah, know that and, uh, actually to be true, I, I, I think I think it should be. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be one is removed. It's like he was not. We've intentionally yeah. removed it. He was not in that. I'm a fan. He was not in it. Exactly. I might go take a look at the edit comments to see if anybody has actually done that. It wouldn't surprise oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so one of the problems that we have in this episode is that Jamie gets this assignment to take the kids to the park. And her boss, who surprising me once again is still in the show, and uh, same actor and everything, is like, take Hector. I think it's Hector. Was it Hector? Was that the name of her? Hal. Her Hal. Uh, Hal. Sorry, yeah. I think Hector must have been his role in, in Manimal. Um, <clears throat> or perhaps that was his role in sort of justice. I don't remember. I'm sure he's played a Hector at some point uh, over the years. How? Um, along, get pictures. And when he finds out about the orphans, right? Get lots of pictures of the orphans doing stuff for the show and the thing. And, and now suddenly Jamie's all like, can't do that. Cause you know, there might be invisible on camera or whatever her reason is. But here's my question to you as the general, more of an expert on television than me. Right. Some aspects of television. Didn't they have talent releases back in the 1970s or 1980? Wouldn't they have had to get their parents' signatures to their use them on the news, their guardian? And they don't have a guardian. Well, and Jamie's just got a bunch of, Jamie is not their guardian. So they could not have gotten Jamie to sign it. They would have had to, they could never have used that footage because they could have never gotten to the guardian. Right? When yeah. They, yes. <laughs> Yes, th there's That's the problem awesome. of them trying to find the Guardians. Right. But, you know, and they could have shot the footage, but they could never have broadcast that footage with all those underage kids without getting a release, I think. So, I, I feel yeah, like... Yeah, it it's a private location. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But you, uh, you, that, and, uh... you and I both know there was, a, there was a time we were at lunch and we were on private property, and the news approached us about the the cops catching some alleged shooter or something and, and remember they wanted to they wanted if we had any comments about how relieved we felt that the police were doing such a doggone good job and yeah. they made us uh, sign they didn't mm -hmm. want my comments but um yeah i don't remember that, that but i would not doubt that had happened so i mean that was right there on the spot when they were trying to get the get us it, well and we're we're a much more litigious society nowadays but yes that's true, uh, but I was thinking they still had to have this. Yeah, probably. I don't. I don't know. I. I really don't know. I. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, there's still intellectual property even way back then. I mean, admittedly, they could have just you know got those kids' medical records and posted them, aired them on TV, and without any <laughs> repercussions in 1980. Like, those kids got leukemia. And it was like, great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with it. Yeah. Uh -huh. In the category of lines I liked, Xavier to Adama, I disagree with the infantile policies of that wizard. <laughs> Referring to Dr. Z. I will not be led by an adolescent. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like um, he's still smarter so he's than you. Ageist as well. Interesting. Yes, yes, yes. He is. I mean, Reverse I can understand ageism. how Doctor Z puts you off. Um, just he puts just me off. Try. He puts everybody off. Yeah, but uh, he does seem to be relatively smart. Yeah. Well, I mean, Adama certainly thinks so. He's put all their eggs in one basket, as it were. Speaking of speaking of uh, uh, him, Xavier being ageist, let's let's go to uh, let's go to the sexist uh, aspect of this story. Did you notice that nobody noticed, or that they just willfully ignored the fact that Starla is a girl? Yeah, I, I think they, they just kind they of called him. They, they called her that. a boy on more than one occasion, <laughs> and it's like I don't think girls were allowed on that team. No, no, I think, I, that's, it, I think that's what it is. It, it was a boys team. And they, I think there's more than yeah. one girl in the Space yeah. Scouts as well. Yeah, there but, is. But uh, they were all just, you know, they look. <laughs> yeah, they were so obviously girls. Can't tell. <laughs> we're just too desperate for this. We could, anyway. The one other thing I have at the beginning of the episode, Adama is talking about how the way I read what he says the Cylons are about to attack us and wipe us out. And our only hope is for the kids to find, for our children to find a place on Earth. Right. Why do they think the Cylons are about to wipe them out? Uh, maybe Dr. C said so. I don't know. I mean, you know, they had the whole thing where uh, two episodes ago or one episode ago or whatever it was ago where the Cylons attacked with what appeared to be ordinary Cylon fighters of ordinary type. And right, we were told that they're new, improved, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that they've had like thirty years of improvements, and so <laughs> next generation technology, which wasn't in evidence, and that they're just testing it out. Mm-hmm. So is that the the bit that's now they're gonna now that we know we can blow up one silly ship and only lost fifty percent of our fighters? Let's go get the rest of the fleet. <laughs> no, but it 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 really definitely what his his wording was. You know the imminent and final battle. Mm-hmm. I I don't think he's expecting to win that because he said we've got to protect the children. Well, that sounds like the final battle's not going your way. Yeah. Which how could it? I mean, if the Cylons really did want you wiped out, I don't. Yeah. Right. I mean, they could just take you know, uh, ten years and 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 quietly dismantle a planet and build a million or more fighters and just simply overwhelm them in a moment if they really wanted to. Yeah. It, yeah. I never understood that, but oh well. Yeah, well, you know, the problem in the, in the early days was that they had Baltar helping him and he was an idiot. The farm, the <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's that. There was that. Um, it could be that the premise of Galactica was also a little bit... Uh, uh, yeah, I... I, I su- All right, let, let's put it this way. Assuming that... No, we can't assume that. I was going to say, assuming Galactic is running it, running at full speed, it's not, because it's got the slow ships behind it. Right, that fleet speed. But if they were running it, if they were running at a, a a fast speed, then yes, only the Cylons that are in pursuit could ever hope to catch up. And right, they couldn't they couldn't keep sending more ships because right. they couldn't couldn't get them. So it could be a war of attrition in that case. Can we last longer than the Cylons? following behind us <laughs> but since they aren't traveling uh at full speed at some point 
Cylons could get there and help them. But still, you know, the further out they go, the further away they go, the harder it is to to do that. So yeah, yeah. I think I think there could be some flaws in the premise for Battles Galactica. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah, we'll we'll go with that. Yeah. Someone should remake the show and do it right. Oh yeah. Um that's not someday. a bad idea. They could probably someday. do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been done yet. Um what about that? He has in the lake. Um Let's see. Do you have anything else on this? Do you remember the name of the the manager or whatever his name was of the chemical plant that was poisoning the lake that almost killed the kids? Uh do I remember his name? Yes, it was Stanford or Stanford Stockton or something like that. Yeah. Stockton or Stanford? Remember, it was Stockton Chemicals and Stanford was the man, or it was Stanford Chemicals and Stockton was the man. It was one of the two. In this, uh, somebody named Stratton owns the land that the camp is on. So I was wondering if there was some sort of a tie-in there. I think it's just an accident. It's just an accident. I think it was just they they aren't very good at names. First letter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. I got a chuckle when the kid said, hey, look, currency. After they took the guy's uh, half dollar during the flip. Ah, you uh, missed that. Uh, you missed that uh, cliche, the duck oh, out of water cliche. Got oh, the yeah, shiny yeah. new dollar. Thank you. Yeah. Well. Well, yeah, that's not specifically baseball, but yeah, exactly. It, it's it's part um, of the duck out of water. Yeah. Uh, aspect. Yeah. Sweet. It's. I'm wondering uh, where in the Viper is the EVA helmet and suit stowed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And let's put and hats where off is to the room to put it on. Right, to be in the cockpit and then put the EVA suit on. Yeah, yeah is that I, impressive? I, I do say they very conveniently didn't show us that. They start to take their helmets off. All right, like, put on your spacesuits. <laughs> the yeah, at least they did that night in their spacesuit. Yeah. At least they did I, that. You know, we didn't, okay, we didn't talk about Troy and Dylan in this episode at all. And I, I should point out that they get put out in space and their Viper locks up. And they have no power and no air pumping, and that's that's Savior's plan to destroy them, not right, blow it up, or shoot them in the back, or something simple. Yeah, yeah, overly complicated. And there's this comment about it. And he knows we're going to come back into the orbit of the Galactica eventually. Like, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, the Galactica is orbiting. Well, what what is the Galactica near... orbiting? I thought it was sitting out near Alpha I thought it was flying off to, to lead the Cylons away, not yeah. circling the, the target or anything yeah. for that matter. It it was, and then it was like, maybe he wasn't trying to kill us. It's like, yeah, but you're not going to get back there before you run out of oxygen. So yeah, he's trying to kill you. <laughs> I, I, anyway, yeah, they climb out. Eventually, <laughs> I love the fact that they're like, well, we'll just sit here and try not to use much oxygen for seven hours. And then after that, they go, well, I'll, I guess I'll try to override the computer. And, yeah, might as and well. Maybe, you know, might as well. I think I would have been doing that first and then yes. in the space and get out there. Um, yeah, when you're going through yeah. the problem checklist, that would be something you would do. It's like, <laughs> well, I guess we're going to go out there and... Uh, and it, when it you doesn't... say something about we're going to use up our ac- atmosphere faster that way, it's like, how? You're now using the spacesuit's atmosphere. Actually, well... You've got would, more time. They would lose the air that's the, the, the air that's going bad inside the, the cabin. You, you don't think that they have some sort of pump the air out, open the 
open the lid so you don't waste oxygen? Well, you know, normally I'd say, well, you know, all that kind of equipment would be a little bit bulky, but, you know, they've got enough space in those crafts to put an entire motorcycle and wardrobe. So, yeah, yeah, they probably do. <laughs> they probably have a, yeah. you know, probably um, a second floor a barbecue. Down what, what? It's probably a barbecue and a, uh, a kitchenette. And what uh, we're seeing, who knows, is the uh, the top level, like on a seven four seven, that nobody gets yes, to go the up upper to. Deck. They've actually got a whole lower deck down there where the they keep all the important stuff. Right, it, it's not a huge Space engine standing on their heads. That's actually quite a spacious uh, living area. So it's bigger on the inside. Well, one of Doctor right. Z's improvements, but unfortunately, uh, due to uh, flawed colonial design, the only way to get into the back section is by opening the canopy and going EVA. Yes. Yes, <laughs> bad bad design. The other bad design is that when you look at it, you know, it's a two-seater fighter, but whenever you see one from far off, it's only got one seat. I wonder why. The seats probably move back and forth. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I noticed that the statues in Adama's office are still facing away from the camera and t- towards the wall. <laughs> Weird. Oh, that's, that's a colonial thing. Oh, that, right. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you'll anger the gods if they can see what you're doing. <laughs> right. They would, they would get upset about the, uh, juvenile policies of, uh, of that wizard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the there we go. Policies. Yes. There we go. Uh, let's see. I think, uh, Wellington was calculating that he hit the, the ball at 22.3 miles per hour. It will go somewhere. It says something like one centimeter per microsecond or something like that, millisecond. We'll work that out. Oh, you know, I should have I should have written that down and we should have done the math, but 22 miles per hour is not that fast for baseball. Well, I think the end of the bat hitting the ball, and the ball is going to go faster. So he probably knew the yeah, coefficient I mean, of energy transfer, uh, et cetera, et cetera. As he said, it, it's just physics. Just physics. Man, damn, I... I I should have tried to work that one out. Oh, well. <laughs> Darn. That could have been fun. That could have been fun. See them just make up stupid numbers and throw them out there. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I got nothing more. I got yeah. nothing more. Next time, the night the Cylons landed. Oh, exciting two-parter. Very. Two-parter, yes. On Battlestar Galactica 1980 Series 2-ish thing. Whatever. I'm, 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 I'm sensing a War of the Worlds vibe here, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Do you remember it? Not Much, anything I mean, apart other from, than yes. Wolfman Jack being yes, in it. Star. Other than that, yeah. yeah, that's it. That's all I remember. I, I actually remember quite a bit of it, and I wish I didn't. But there we go. <laughs> hey, I'm so sorry. John. John, thank you for joining you are me. welcome. Listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash fusionpatrol or patreon.com slash fusionpatrol. For our monthly Patreon subscribers, we're currently running a special series on Babylon 5. Come join the conversation in the comments section of this episode at fusionpatrol.com. You'll also find there over a decade of past episodes. You can find some of our other works at soundcloud.com slash fusion patrol. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.
Next time on Fusion Patrol, we look at episode 3 of Space Above and Beyond, when they journey to the dark side of the sun, which raises questions about the notion of a deterministic universe. Was the deck stacked against Tank? And in what ways are the silicates just like Marty McFly from Back to the Future? Come join the conversation on Fusion Patrol.